Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this jump. We do it live. We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We're going live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry, and you're more like John C. Tavora. I think I am Adam Curry, and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live on the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special. We are special. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Hey, Rob. How you doing? Welcome back to the show. Uh, Welcome back to the show yourself. It's great to be be back um, from PodFest and... Or I don't know if, if maybe we should call it COVID fest. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> well, I tell you, um, I'm healthy. Yeah, I'm too. But I heard a few of your team members are not. <laughs> yeah, well, and a bunch of other people that are not with Lipson. Right. So, yeah. you know, I think you and I have had COVID enough. Maybe we just got lucky. <laughs> uh, who the heck knows, right? We have no idea. Where, I mean, it, I had COVID like, what, six weeks ago. Right. And maybe I have some immunity. That that would be a nice <laughs> thing to get out of this, right? Right. Yeah. Well, um, so far, so good for me. And, of course, I was sick at in Austin and, and didn't have COVID, so. <laughs> right. So, you know. The so, confusion, and now we have monkeypox to. Right, right. To deal with, but. Right. So here we are, and for those of you that watched the live show last week, we do have a master recording of that. It sounds pretty good, and we're gonna... yeah, the actual audio file, yeah. the video file isn't worth no. You know, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna put that out. So you're probably gonna get two episodes this week, and uh, and I think uh, we even have a NAB episode we haven't put out. Yeah, too. so we still have an NAB one. So we we fed you one while we were off last week. This show this week, I, mean, we, we can, I don't know what our schedule is. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get them out there for you. So we've got some stuff in the pipeline. But uh, so, Rob, um, let's. Yes, yeah, so I have a guest for next week for us. Oh, we do. And uh, a, a person from, from Veritonic is going to come on to talk about attribution and that kind of stuff. Oh, so. that should be a fun conversation about attribution. Hmm. Right, right. Well, it's an open landscape right now. It's a competitive area yeah. between Claire Toss and Veritonic and yourself and others that are, I think, playing in that area in the vacuum that Spotify left. <laughs> right. So we won't get uh, into much about strategic planning, of course. No. But uh, I'm sure that attribution conversation will be interesting next week for those that care. Right. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, I guess we should just back up, though. And uh, let's talk first. You went off to Radio Something in Switzerland or something, right? Radio Days Europe in Malmo, Sweden, actually. Oh, I flew Sweden. into Copenhagen, and I took a, took a train across the, the canal but splits those two countries and uh, spent a few days in uh, Sweden. Yeah. So how was, how was that? Well, it's a European kind of radio um, conference. It's been around for quite a while, and they kind of travel throughout Central Europe every year with that that particular event. Uh, They're holding a similar one in Asia in 
Kuala Lumpur oh, is the next one. Um, and then next year, Radio Days Europe is going to be in Prague. So it's, it's, it's quite different in some ways than a, a radio event in the U S I mean, it's, um, radio in Europe is still, you know, doing quite well, uh, as I spoke to James Cridlin about this topic as well. He's and Tom Webster, who was also there and Brian Berletta, uh, were at both the events I went to. Um, but they all were like, you know, it, it's exciting to be over here because radio is actually still strong <laughs> in, in Europe, in, especially in the minds of, um, citizens, because I mean, a lot of it is kind of state supported. Uh, it, it's a little bit of like NPR, but NPR is even different than what's going on, let's say at the BBC or the CBC or what, whatever. It's, it's just a different media culture over there. So, so they're still very confident, but that doesn't mean that the, the digital side isn't playing a very strong presence. Like there was a, uh, a um, fireside chat keynote that was done by a representative from Spotify at the event. And he has some enlightening things to say about Spotify, maybe starting to produce some original content uh, that could be labeled as, as sitcoms. I thought was an interesting Mm. little twist on the fictional reality story taking um, kind of direction for podcasts. So it sounds like it was fun. KL, I love KL, Kuala Lumpur. Been there a yep. number of times. Yep. Uh, matter of fact, you, you often think about a country by the beer you drink in the country. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I actually have some beer stories about Kuala Lumpur, but uh, I'll save it for another day. That was back in my Navy days. <laughs> but, uh, well, that's interesting. So I guess the question then is, how was the podcast topic, you know, received by, did they all go out and have a drink <laughs> or did <laughs> no, they? No, I did, mean, yeah, I think that the radio industry there is embracing podcasts, wanting to learn a lot more about, I would say that they're probably uh, maybe a little ahead of uh, where the radio industry was here in the U.S., like maybe um, two or three or four years ago. Hmm. Um and we're starting to see some consolidation, you know, like global purchase captivate, um, is a little bit of a sign of the, the media in Europe starting to view podcasting in a similar light to how I think we've seen it develop in the U S where a lot of the big existing legacy media companies and, and, and radio companies are, are acquiring podcasting companies, right. To acquire that internal talent. And, right. And I think we're starting to see that happen more and more in, in Europe right now. And I think there's more, more interest and attention. At least I saw that at the sessions that I was speaking at over there around monetization of podcasting and understanding how it's different than radio. So, uh, and, and then trying to figure out models that are applicable to what they're doing over there. So, so you'll find this interesting, you know, in the several weeks leading up to the podcast event in London, I kept emailing my contact over oh, there okay. saying, Hey, I've got someone that can attend. We're interested in a booth. And I never got a response. Well, I found out why the individual is no longer working there. Oh, well that, and that would certainly explain in, it. And, and they're apparently 
even when I sent one to their sales, no one was checking email. So, um, so yeah, they, they didn't want my money, but tell me how did, <laughs> so if anybody's a London event is listing, you missed out. Um, how was that event? That, that event was, I mean, it was a gorgeous venue that they had. It was called the business design center is the name of it. And it had a, an arching roof line that was kind of like an atrium of sorts. So it had a lot of natural light and had a big open area. Um, but in some ways the, the, the venue and I, I expressed this concern to the, the organizer of the, of the event too, is that they're going to very quickly outgrow that facility for that conference because they had like, close to 3000 people in there each day. Um, and that was, that was filling the place up. And plus they, it was full of big booths. Uh, I think Spotify had the biggest booth that I've seen them do at a podcasting conference ever. And, um, the Amazon music booth was pretty good size too. It wasn't as big as Spotify's, but, but yeah, the big brands and the big media companies were out in force at this event, even, even more so than even podcast movement. Um, I, I would say, but I think it does speak to the difference in the media culture there, um, around people are gravitated towards the perception of quality and, and money. And, um, I think that the big brands kind of represent those values, um, that align with a lot of Europeans and what they're looking for. I th you know, the European market didn't start out as strong on the indie side as the U S did. Um, so I think that there's a lot of comparison that podcasters in Europe, um, you know, look at BBC or they look at CBC as kind of their competitor. Right. Hmm. And so they feel like they have to compete with them. Uh, and that requires a lot more production values, a lot more professionalism in the audio and, and less kind of like, you know, I'm going to pull, pull it, you know, a cheap microphone up and start a podcast. I, I'm not sure that there's a lot of that going on. Um, so, but that doesn't mean that there, that there is an opportunity for indie podcasters in Europe and, and, and around, I think it, you know, I think we're just seeing the beginning of it. Um, but I do think that there's definitely a focus on quality. Um, and that's, you can kind of see that in the sessions and all of those, you know, ACAST and, and the, the other big thing that was noticeable at the event was the presence of YouTube. Um, they had, they had like two or three rooms with ongoing sessions all day long talking about podcasting. They, they had banners and, and things up, uh, linking, YouTube with podcasts, pod, you know, it, it was all over the complex. So they are definitely pushing on the podcast direction. So something is brewing over there. <laughs> it's safe to say. So why are we here in the United States? Uh, kind of like, hmm, okay. Um, they're with, not. They're... Oh, with YouTube? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. I don't know. I just think that they have a different approach um, to how they're going to do this and how they're going to launch it as opposed to maybe how we went through it with Amazon or Spotify or these other platforms where we've known it was a growing thing over over an extended period of time. I, but it sounds like they're talking. 
they're going to jump in with both feet right at the beginning. But it sounds to me like they're talking with more people outside the United States than they are within. So are people signing NDAs or what's, what's the, what's the rumor control? Um, I don't, I'm not really sure on that. Um, actually, um, I don't know that they are treating it differently outside of the U S as opposed, um, to in the U S. Well, well, they definitely didn't come out gun swinging at podcast movement evolutions. Well, they didn't. Let me qualify this. It's not like they came out and made any announcements right. uh, at at Evolutions or at the podcast show. They they didn't. But they're what, just branding themselves in in um, kind of association with podcasting is what they're doing. And I, it's hard to know if that's really a, a sign that they're going to do something more on the audio side for sure. Hmm. I, I can't really say for sure on that. Um, but I do know that there's a lot of buzz and talk in the industry about how important video is now to podcasting. I think we can both assuredly say that that's a hot topic right now. Yeah. I, I just don't think there's that many podcasters willing to make that big of a leap. A percentage of them are going to be adding video component, but I think the majority of the space is going to stay audio only. So, mm-hmm time will tell on how that pans out. Oh, I agree with you, Todd, a hundred percent. I don't think we're, we're going to see overnight the whole industry shift over to now podcasting is all video. I, I, I don't think that's happening. And, and if you look at the history of the medium, um, even in the early days, uh, there was a lot stronger presence of video, um, in podcasting than I, I don't know. I would profess that it was maybe even stronger in the past than it even is today. Um, so but it's growing. So London was largely then a commercial smorgasbord. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it was a, a real big brand fest for podcasting over there, you know, Acast and YouTube and, and Amazon music and Spotify and BBC and all those had huge booths and huge presence and branding all over the, the facility, even, the Sirius XM folks have so, presence there. So right. how are they attracting? Okay. So are they talking to each other or, you know, because I guess I don't understand then the well, audience. They're, they're trying to recruit content. That, that That's what they're trying to do. Um, well, good luck with that. Well, there's a lot of on the show floor. There was a lot of production companies. Um, that were and talent representative agencies um, on the show floor. So, so like a couple of them that I talked to had hundreds of shows under production, um, and they're they're with celebrities and talent out of Europe. Um, so this gets back to what I was saying about the emphasis on um, higher end. Professionalization so, so it's, of the podcasting it's, space. So it's not your average Joe, but it could be, right? I mean, if you are a you know a a person that starts a show that becomes popular, there's no reason why you can't go and strike a deal with Acast or strike a deal with 
Wondery or some, you know, or somebody like that or Spotify. And but, they're, a, but they're making it out to be, you have to be a celebrity or someone famous or something. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily the hard and fast requirement. It's more, it's just, you know, are, are, are you talented enough to acquire an audience? You know, I met many podcasters there that were just regular people that have had built some level of fame as podcasters that uh, maybe were about to pitch one of these big platforms to get a deal somehow. So mm. I think um, that's, that's what I saw a lot of over there. And I think to some degree, that's what goes on at podcast movement. Um, the full show um, Podfest. we could talk about Podfest and how that's different, but <laughs> I, I just, it just, it just uh, scares me a little bit when I hear that it's, you know, you, that's you, you, all about money, Todd. I mean, yeah, that's, that's insane. That's what's driving all this is investment. These big companies coming in and wanting to grow audience, and you know, you, you can kind of just see it bubbling. Um, what's going it on? Really, to me, that it would be significantly discouraging to an indie content creator. Well, yeah, I mean, potentially. That's true. Well, I suppose that it, it could be if if they're not growing and they're not, you know, picking up an audience that is attractive to one of these platforms. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I also see, and and I saw this at uh, even Podfest was the growing development. I mean, like the panel that we had um, down there that we haven't published the episode on, but you know, the the formation of collectives and and uh, the formation of more networks um, or taking a popular podcast and then just building multiple shows around it um, is is another thing. I mean, that's what Katie Kermitsos was doing with her her concept that she shares on the show. So, yeah, so when that show comes out, uh, the, the live on stage show that we did at, at PodFest, uh, that would be a good one to check out because I think it's a clue – to what's happening in the medium around shows trying to collaborate with networks and distribution platforms. Cause everybody wants to grow audience, right. And wants mm -hmm. to grow monetization. And sometimes the best way to do that is to align yourself with a, a larger name. You know, you know, I reserve judgment on some of these businesses that are going out because right. I know of some of the challenges that they're going to face that we oh, yeah. continue to see out there. So I think yeah. that, um, what they're trying to do is noble. And I just, you know, in certain instances, I don't think you can easily cause a large number of podcasters. I think niche networks have a bigger chance of, of rising than mega networks because you kind of then get lost in the crowd. You're just another, another show, but we'll see. And I, I don't want to ruin the conversation we had at, at PodFest, but let's switch gears here just a little bit and talk sure. about PodFest itself. I, I'm going to say from my perspective, 80% indie podcasters that had not started a show yet. that were the ones I talked to. Yeah, I would agree. Um, there were quite a few people there that had shows already. Oh yeah. Um, there was, I would say 20% right. of the folks that at least I talked to had shows. Right. And but what, it is very much an indie event. I mean. Oh, yeah, for sure. And what was remarkable to, remarkable to me was that Libsyn and Blueberry were the only two hosting providers there. None of the other hosting providers 
took the time to show up at that show. And you know, I was talking to their customers. As a matter of fact, uh, sorry, a few of you. Uh, we, we migrated probably 20, 25 shows right on the show floor, <laughs> largely right. because you weren't there. You weren't, right. there, there, weren't there waving the flag and saying, you know, being there to support. So I, I found that kind of curious too. So I don't know why. I didn't see a lot of host providers at the podcast show either in London. Well, it would have been, yeah. we tried to go, but they wouldn't take our money. So, yeah. So ACAST and Captivate were the only two that were at London, right? Yeah. And, and Captivate didn't really have that, that big of a presence. Um, well, they just, they, got, they just got acquired and had this right, big company. Global. Right. So why, why, why they have a tiny booth? I guess I don't understand that. Yeah. I think it's really understanding the market. Um, there, which is basically larger networks, larger companies, um, just like I was mentioning earlier about this perception of, of quality and size and scale, I think is the, was the key takeaway from that show. Hmm. And if that show keeps growing, it, it, if it grows bigger, it, it is going to outgrow that venue. I mean, it's, well, I'm sure there's other venues in London that will support it. Well, I talked to the organizer and he says it's back there again next year. Um, and, and he agreed that if it grows 10, 20%, he's going to outgrow that facility. Um, I don't know that the event will grow that much bigger than what we saw there. Um, you know, that well, was a pretty strong showing. Well, maybe there needs to be some new perspective brought to the UK. You know, maybe there needs to be a perspective that it's okay to be an indie content creator and not have to be associated with a big network and be able to do your own thing. Maybe there needs to be that perspective too. Yeah. And I do think that that pers perspective exists there. It just, I think people, and, and maybe this is happening here too more, Todd, that People are feeling like they have to compete against bigger shows and bigger companies now with their podcasts. It's not like the old days where I, those folks I, were. I, I don't were hear kind that. Kind of, kind of on on the sidelines to some degree. I don't hear that from podcasters though that are freaking out about that. Well, I think a lot of podcasters here are are concerned about the the advantages and the presence of these big company podcasts. Well, um, you know, those yeah. that they've been around a long time. Big shows yeah. have been around. There's nothing new here. In no, that, I'm not saying regards, there is. Because, it, you know, for the last at least five to seven years, there's been big networks of shows that there's nothing new to that perspective. Only difference do, is, is it only yeah. difference is, is Spotify and Amazon are buying some content. You know, that's about the only. Right. So, I think it's more of a perception than reality, I think is what's going on. I think some indies are feeling like they can't compete. Mm, um, and it's too bad. Why try? Kind of a, I hear it from some podcasters talking about is that, you know, if, if these big shows and these big platforms, these big networks are going to, you know, feature their own shows, their own original content or their shows that they have exclusive deals with, you know, what chance do I have? Right. Well, that, so yeah, that goes right. back to some conversations I keep having with podcasters about building their own brand. 
Right. And not being totally. reliant upon someone, some big network promoting them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But maybe, the, but maybe the idea is you can't beat them, join them is starting to yeah. percolate. I don't know. Yeah. And I think you combine that with the, the movement of the kind of what I call the verticalization of the industry um, where, you know, these big media companies are buying the whole stack of podcasting, right? From the mm-hmm. hosting companies, the monetization companies, the attribution companies, and, um, and, and have a huge listening platform already. They can create a complete, you know, full stack experience for podcasters and listeners. And but again, it becomes but again, less and less about open RSS. But again, it's a limited numbers. They can't do that. They can only do that for so many shows. They can't, they're not going to have, they're not going right. to have, uh, they're going to have a couple hundred shows that they're going to promote and that's it. Right. There's no way they're going to grow that to the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of shows that are out there. It's, you know, maybe they don't need to, but. Yeah, I would hate to see us get to a point where a podcaster has to go in and upload directly to each of these listening platforms and and not use RSS as a distribution or that there's a movement towards monetization on individual platforms that's separate. Um, you know, and we as hosts have to upload ad-free content and then the, the listening platforms do all the dynamic ad insertion and ad sales which I feel some pressure towards right now. Well, it's up to us to make sure we have opportunities for podcasters to be able to monetize mm-hmm. without being, uh, having to worry about being on a, a, AKA big platform or sign some exclusivity to it. Right. Right. But you know, when a big listening platform requires a podcast host, they're basically getting that right. Um, the podcaster is now uploading directly to them. So, but again, they're buying, yeah. they're buying, they're buying shows that a small fraction of them are big. So it's. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So I you don't, know. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think consolidation is going to, maybe, maybe it'll have an effect. I'm still very bullish. Well, if, if we can maintain the open uh, RSS nature of this medium and it doesn't get overtaken by, by the verticalization and the consolidation. Um, then I agree with you, Todd. I, I think we need to, uh, we, we need to be strong advocates for the open aspects of podcasting mm-hmm. and not let it get taken over. Yeah. I'm again, it's, and it's not coming up in conversation. So I guess so far, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I'll tell you, though, the the event in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Podcast, yeah. Yeah, you know, it. Um, I get mixed, mixed feelings about the event. It looked yeah. great attendance, but uh, I don't think there was crossover from VidFest. I did not see only a smattering of VidFest badges. So yeah. those folks did not cross over to being, in my opinion, potential podcasters. Yeah, I did did hear that that event is going to be folded into PodFest next time. Well, it was this time. 
No, no, but it's not going to be a separate thing with a separate badge. Oh, okay. Well, I think he doesn't have any choice. Mm-hmm. But still, there was not a meshing. I did not get and not a single VidFest badge, except for a podcaster I knew already stopped by to talk to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As far as that goes. Yeah. Because yeah. I was hoping that there would be some some convergence, and there wasn't. Yeah. I I walked into a VidFest session and sat down and l- listened to them talk about, you know, short-form content, how to produce it and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think that the content's valuable for, for podcasters as they're working with, you know, TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn and all these social platforms. I think that there's tips and tricks that podcasters need to learn about how to use those platforms to drive new listeners to their podcasts. So, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I guess we'll see. All I know is I'm about sick of Orlando. (laughs) Everything had spent two weeks minus four days down there. Um, yeah, I've just about had Orlando was ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been to Orlando anytime lately, you just hold on to your wallet. It's not that special. And it's expensive. Everything is crazy price. Right. So it's the world we live in now. It's a, well, it's a, and you're playing tourist trap prices too. So yeah. Yeah. Very, 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 very expensive to be in Orlando. So it was definitely, a, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just that area, you know, that, that, that micro, you know, all the parks and all that stuff right around well, it's, there. It, it's the whole tourism aspect, yeah, yeah. you know, especially when we were there, it's like, that's the very beginning of, you know, families to Disney world season, you know, I mean, my flight flying from London to, or, to Orlando was full of, you know, families with small children, um, and the airfare was astronomical flying from London to Orlando, as you might imagine. Yeah. Well, I, I airfare is astronomical everywhere right now. Yeah. You, you're not flying anywhere cheap. It's almost, even with gas prices the way there, it's almost cheaper to drive. <laughs> Seriously. Right. right. But then again, you get $50 a day to park your car. So, you know, that's another consideration too. Yeah. Right. But... I don't, I don't know. I guess, you know, PodFest, uh, you know, the, and if Chris, if you're listening, um, or an organizer from PodFest is listening, the biggest complaint I had was there was an, everyone kept telling me people are pitching, 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 pitching during their sessions. And, um, I actually got thanked for my presentation for not pitching. So, that's, you know, and actually one person said, I'm not coming back the next day. Cause all I'm doing is getting pitched. So the, from Friday to Saturday, someone didn't come back because the sessions they were in, they were highly disappointed because he kept getting pitched. Mm-hmm. So Chris has got a problem there. You know, if you, you and I were very, very careful, you know, when we go and we introduce ourselves from where we're from, but we don't make no offers. We don't, you know, right. it's, it's, it's education. And yeah, well, some of the sessions I think were pay, pay, pay to play. Um, really? Well, I, I think that, yeah, I went to one lunch session with a company called keep. Um, and 
I mean, at the end of his presentation, he was pitching, signing up for plans on on his platform. Well, then that should be very well disclosed that it's yeah. a sponsored event. I mean, it was a good presentation. Don't get me wrong, but but it was totally a pitch to get people to sign up. Wow. Yeah, and if people don't know that going into it, that it's yeah, I didn't know it going into it. Yeah, so it should be very clearly marked that it's a sponsored, it's a sponsored session. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've done that before, like podcast media, we had a sponsored breakfast, and we clearly declared it was a sponsored event, and but we were still, you know, I was very very careful to minimize the sales pitchy part of it, you know, just, you know, 30 seconds and that's it. But, you know, even though we, it was a sponsored training event. So yeah, I think there's a fine line there, but hopefully there wasn't too much of that going on during normal session time. But just one lady said, I'm not coming back tomorrow. I'm just getting pitched. Yeah. You know, I, I found an article kind of outlining the key takeaways from the podcast show. Um, Mm. And this article was written by listen.co.uk. And it's kind of, it's just a quick snapshot and I can just run through this really quick to kind of give you an idea of what the takeaways um, that these folks had about the event. Um, the number one thing is content is king is the what was the number one takeaway and then number two is video is the future of the podcast industry which was number two what was it video is the future of the podcast <laughs> industry okay so i mean i mean as you think about it um maybe a lot of things that are on youtube could be titled as a podcast now. <laughs> well, I, think. I mean, and you see, and you think about the scale of YouTube, mm-hmm. you can kind of see how maybe people are thinking like that um, as the definition of a podcast kind of grows. Mm-hmm. It's not so much, it's not so much seen as exclusively an RSS based download medium. Uh, it's being seen as a streaming video medium or a streaming audio medium or something. I, I don't know, Todd. I mean, I think that's that's something that we've pushed against for many years. Right. Um, but maybe um, the audience wins here. Um, well, and, they they don't win when it's when it's not on demand anymore. Well, it no, they're not saying anything about live. They're they're talking about just video. It could be on demand. Well, maybe. this video is available and it's streamed, and people don't know it's actually a podcast. You know, so it's that's. That's yeah. Right. Well, of course, a lot of people were surprised that we actually have a pod video podcast on Apple. I keep getting that as a what, you know, so you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that's been around since the, since since the beginning of podcast. Right. But you know, a lot of people are like, huh? Right. And, and number three takeaway was Gen Z want community in podcasting. It says, according to the IAB, Gen Z spends a minimum of eight hours per day in front of a screen, and marketers have just eight seconds to grab their attention. So I guess they're thinking that podcasts 
you know, I'm not sure what the reasoning is on their statement here around community, but I think it's, it's certainly community is a big, uh, value to podcasting. It has the ability to do that. And then number four is branded podcasts shouldn't be adverse adverts in disguise. <laughs> I think we knew that already. Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is a market, you know, the, the UK and Europe that is still kind of catching up to where we're at to some degree, but it, it's coming at it from a more professionalized content, um, Default is what I'm, I think what's being pointed out here. And it's more open to a, a more inclusive definition on what a podcast is. I think they want to lump it all together with on-demand video. Well, it's not in the interest of Amazon, Spotify. It's not in their interest for open RSS to succeed and continue to continue. It's not in their best interest. So, of course. Well, the question that that raises is how do they expect the content to get in their platform? Well, uh, they're, you know, they're. Does that mean that RSS is relegated to just uploading one copy to their platform? Well, it's just what they're doing already. You, The only way you can get video into Spotify is through their, their boat anchor uh, platform. If you want to host it, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a pretty strong analogy to what's been happening on, on the music as well as movie and TV side around. And and I've been thinking about this a lot because I used to work on TV uh, for Zune when I was working for, for Microsoft, actually, I launched the Zune TV store. Um, I was like the program manager on content, um, for that platform. And I, I keep thinking about how we got content into it. And that's besides us flying somebody to Burbank with a large hard disc and coming back on an airplane with a bunch of TV episodes to load into our system. That's how we got content into that platform back then. It's probably not a known thing uh, that that kind of stuff happens, but it's um, it. But it's more commonly ingested via a custom XML document. So you have a custom XML document that encapsulates all the metadata that's related to, let's say, a TV series, right? So you have SpongeBob, you know, SquarePants television series, right? the studio will send you an XML document that has all the metadata for each episode in the season, right? And then the corresponding um, files for each episode are transferred in the same transfer. Um, so in some ways, it's it, it's analogous to RSS. Um, I think what the difference is, is we're giving URLs that link to a file that's hosted somewhere else. In this particular situation, the files come with the XML. Um, and I, 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 I'm just speculating here, but I just wonder if that's because a lot of these platforms are used to getting music that way as well. Um, I, I wonder if that's ultimately where some of these bigger companies want to take us. Well, over my dead body. I know, I know, (laughs) but that's how other, uh, other digital mediums have handled this. 
situation. I think what's different here is that podcasting is updated uh, like weekly or daily or whatever, and that's going to require a different mechanism, which RSS is a terrific mechanism for delivering one copy. Right. Right. Not all the copies delivered. Well, I, so. I, I don't know. I, we're not TV. And no, we're not. It's clearly so, different. So I'm, I'm, you know, I guess at this time we'll, we'll just see, we'll see what happens here. You know, I, I'm, I'm still, you know, bullish on, on the, on RSS. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I'm too. And I don't see any significant benefit in doing what I just said mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. podcasting when we have such uh, a good infrastructure right now that works. I mean, how many millions of shows are being updated in all these catalogs simultaneously? It, it looks like a pretty efficient method to me. Yeah. Right. What's, what's missing is control. Mm-hmm. And they want control. Right. So like our job is not give them control. <laughs> yeah. That's our, that's our push. Um, to keep this medium open and based on open standards. Um, but yet there's a lot of economic pressure and, and, uh, proprietary pressure to not have it be open. Well, it's, it's my job to make sure their investments don't pay (laughs) and and to make that a bad business decision and to make sure that, uh, podcasters are, you know, allowed to have an open ecosphere. Yep. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, you, you know, let's be honest with you. Let's be honest. I, I have very little, uh, uh, ambition to help Spotify succeed. I want podcasters to succeed, but I have very little ambition to help Spotify in any way. Except, yeah. for, except for given podcasters that want to be on the platform, the ability to be over there and potentially right. then, you know, if they get big enough and get seen, then they make their own decision on what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. There was another quote in, in pod news that, um, James Cridlin put in here too. Uh, I guess I, he did an interview with media week I guess when he was over in the the UK and there's a quote in his newsletter, which I thought was interesting from him. It says the choice facing the podcasting industry is that we, we can choose to fight amongst ourselves and elbow each other out and grow at the expense of our competitor, or we can all work together to grow the sector uh, for all. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's an interesting quote. So who were they bashing against? Uh, they did. James didn't mention. So who, um, any, so who, any particular, were they here. were talking about Spotify or were they talking about? Blueberry? I don't think he was. I think he was speaking more kind of, um, more industry wide. Um, they're not going to work together. Not when they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, I think as you think, I mean, Todd, if you think about it from the 30,000 foot view, I do think that there's things this industry needs to work on around standards, around advertising, um, ad formats, you know, maybe ad load kind of standard. No one's going to be able to control that. 
I'm not saying control. I'm just, it's kind of like what we accomplished with the IEB, right? Which is a guidelines. Because I agree with you, Todd. I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where we have a hard and fast standard. I hope not. Because people, people, nobody's going to agree. I mean, no. To a hard and fast standard. And, and, but they and, may agree to best practice guidelines. I think that already exists within mm, within within I, companies. I think we're facing uh, if if I when I ran okay headloads right now with the big shows. When I run campaigns, we have standards we run. We have a standards document. We have a particular standard, right? But huh. does does the other guy have the same standard? It doesn't have to be a different. There, they develop their own standards. We develop what we think it should be done. Yeah, but that standard could be damaging audience, right? It's it's to show up in the Edison research, right? Well, it's it's well then then their audiences are hurt and their audiences go somewhere else. So, right, but, but it might hurt those top five hundred shows that are garnering seventy five percent. I don't of the believe listeners. I don't believe that in a not in a New York minute. I do not believe that. Yeah, I, I do not believe that's that. being thrown around. Right. I don't believe that. And my data set that that there's no nope, I don't believe it. I don't. I don't believe yeah. it. Nope. Because of non-duplicative audience, I see it in my data. Maybe I don't have a big enough data set. You know. Well, that's the thing. We're all looking at a snapshot of yeah. a subset, I guess might be a better way of saying it, of the the global market, which is another weak spot in the industry. We're we're viewing the podcasting industry from limited snapshots and that's because we can't come together on having a unbiased, I guess, or, a, or a, a place where we can share data that we can aggregate to come up with industry numbers that are reliable. I don't know. Well, that's another area. I, I again, you know, it's just like when Wiley approached me and said, We'd like you to do another book. We want you to do another book. And we want to talk about all your secrets on podcast advertising. And I'm like, no. Right. No. Why would I why would I share all those years of experience publicly? And all the little tips and tricks and things, but why would I do that? Why would I give someone a competitive advantage to do that? These folks that are doing multi-million dollar advertising deals, they know what works and what doesn't work. And they're already setting standards to their podcasters on what they should do and shouldn't do. Now, if they choose to run too too heavy of an ad load, oh, well, that's their fault. That's their stupidity for doing that. And that's that's when they're, you know, when their audience numbers start going down. Yeah, but if we start losing listeners on a, the listeners, on a bigger the, market the, perspective, the, then everybody the, is the listeners. The listeners will go somewhere else. The listeners aren't stupid. They're going to seek out content. Right. 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 That more respects their time. So. Well, do we have research that says that that's the behavior or do we have research that says that if you if you have audiences that you overload with advertising, do they just leave the podcasting space altogether? Well, they lose I don't, faith I, don't I don't think we have that data. I don't think we do either. So, but I know what happened on my show when I went too heavy of a load, they told me they were going someplace else. That so, might be a good, good project for 
this sounds profitable, new research arm. Yeah. <laughs> Tom? <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, and I, 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 I guess I just, uh, I know what shows I have in the inventory. I know what shows I'm measuring. I know what the IP data shows. I just don't believe that you can reach 75% of the listing market in the top 500 shows. I don't believe it in it, in it at all. Do you think it's 50%? Which I think was a number that was thrown out a couple of years ago, I think. The thing is, I don't see it. If I take, if I take like our top 50 and then look all the way through the rest of the stack, do I see, how often do I see those IPs pop again? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's 50. I, I would. Mm. So I guess, I mean, a good test for you would be to look at your top 500 shows just on your network. Yeah. And see where they. And, and figure out what But he's talking about is. the top 500 shows. 500 shows with the biggest audience. The biggest audiences. Right. So and, I, you know, I'll have to go look and see how many of those are in our inventory. And I have a pretty good idea what that number is just off the top of my head, based upon a report mm -hmm. I look at every month. I can probably I mean, go. Yeah. I can yeah, probably. It's not, not going to be the same thing um, to look at your top 500 shows. No, no, and no. Take, take a percentage of the downloads from those top 500 shows. And I do have some commercial customers that I can't cross the data with. So, you know, there's, there's certain data that I have that I, under contract, I can't do a contrast and compare. Oh, you can't. Right. Not, not without their permission because right. it's, they are, have a bunch of shows, a bunch in the top 500. So it's, I don't know. We'll see. I, I just don't, just don't, uh, I don't, you know, it's, if, if that's the case, then it's very discouraging. I don't believe that's the number though, because we were again, largely non-duplicative audiences. Yeah, we are. I agree. You know, I agree with that. Yeah, Todd, I'm sure you heard about the multi-hour outage of Megaphone Ooh. over the last couple of days. You know, I'll be honest with you. We, we've gotten caught by DNS on a couple of our subsystems oh, yeah. before. Oh, and it I, happens to all of us. It and, happens. I, and I sent a message to my tech team. I said, now, you know, this has happened to us one or two times. Right. <laughs> I so said, so. So you can't let, be climbing on a high horse on this no, one. No, so let us re, let me send you a reminder to make sure that all of our scripts and our calendar events are all synced up. Right. <laughs> so that we are very aware when an SL certificate is getting ready for nice. renewal. That's all it takes. <laughs> it's all it takes. I mean, in the past, uh, the expiration of a RSS um, SSL certificate uh, didn't cause outages, but because we've shifted over to requiring https in file urls uh yeah this has now become a new problem it's a problem so you know it's like yeah it just it, you know the problem is you can't you can't make an ssl certificate for multiple years there's mm -hmm. a uh, it's, it's a it's a it's an annual annual yeah. or a couple of years or something yeah. like that you know and yeah so you know it's That's like true. i think it's maximum two years i think i think i have at least you know 20 
notifications that start popping like two weeks before. Ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, you know, and some of them are automated. Some of the SSL updates are automated, but some of them are manual. Right. But boy, oh boy, it hit it. Nine o'clock at night oh my, on a Sunday. Oh my, or Monday. Whenever the day. Yeah, I think it was at, uh, it was was Sunday night through the holiday morning or something. It was the worst possible time. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. James Cridlin from Pod News, uh, he estimated that they lost almost $600,000 in lost ad. Well, I'll go back and say if the media wasn't delivered, it will still be delivered. So it wasn't lost revenue because it isn't like it's gone forever. Those, those will come back to listen or to, Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So once the, the outage is over, it becomes live. Right. 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 It'll be catch up. All all those people that would have gotten episodes would then get the episodes. Right. Right. So there'll be a percentage of people that click play that they will have lost revenue on, but they're generally those people be like, how come I didn't get to listen to my show? Well, that's the power of RSS, right? That's another, it's, it's a methodology that um, can, can be flexible like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know it's one of those things where you're like, oh my god, that makes that that gives you a rough morning. Yeah, it does. You know, and yeah. and like I said, it's happened a couple of times to us over the years, and each time I'm like, why is why did this happen again? Right. <laughs> you know why? Why did we? How did this get missed? And why wasn't it on right. the refresh list? And right. <laughs> and you- you would think after repeated <laughs> outages from big companies that, that the IT departments would well, would figure this out. I right? think the last yeah. time that, you know, it happened, I, I got some attention, you know, is this like, yeah. And of course I say this with bated breath because what happens tomorrow, you know, because <laughs> we all have our turn in the barrel. So yeah, feel, you know, it's just one of those things you're like, Oh, you, you know what they went through, right? I didn't check. So, I didn't check the social. I didn't see how explosive that was to see what people were saying. But yeah, could yeah. have been. It, well, and you know, it, it probably if someone had been in the office, the outage would have only been probably half hour to an hour. But it was when everybody was sleeping. You know, eight hours is a long time. It's a long yeah. time. You know, and what happens with us is our phones ring, <laughs> emails, and all of a sudden it would, and I would be waking somebody up. Be like, "Get out of bed! <laughs> <laughs> you got to fix this." Right. You know, and we have people on the dev team that's on. Basically, their ringers are on. They, you know, they're they have a. It's like they're on duty <laughs> for emergencies. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, but again, it's like. What can happen will happen and it will repeat. So I can't remember if we talked about this uh, prior, but ACAST has launched their conversational targeting for podcast advertising, which I think there's been talk about this concept for for a while. And I do believe it has something to do with transcripts. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Um, And transcripts, 
are becoming um, like the Swiss army knife of podcasting to some degree as you think about all the ways that transcripts are starting to be thought about um, in how they might be used in the podcasting medium. Uh, I think I think we are going to see a lot of focus on transcripts in the near future. Um, I don't know what your perspective on that is, Todd, and all its uses. Um, I think that uh, we're going to see, well, I tell you what I'm worried about. And it's just the same talk we talked about before. Accessibility. I'm not so worried about right. brand safety stuff. Or uh, contextual targeting. No, not at this point. They may have built something, but the question is, are they going to have inventory to feed that? And it's definitely, well, it's definitely programmatic. Yeah, it, it definitely plays into the programmatic marketplace. But if I get, right. if, if I'm talking about Red Bull during the show, and then every, I want you to get credit for that, Todd, and, and, get, and a, if, get a check in the well, mail. Well, if every listener heard a Red Bull ad before this show started, they're going to say, "Oh, Todd's going to talk about Red Bull." Right. So. Well, and you have a Red Bull sign up behind you. Yes, I do, and never been paid a penny from Red Bull. Uh, well, it's 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 covered up right now. Yeah, I don't have the figure to be a Red Bull uh, Red Bull. Uh, spokesperson the people that are red bull spokesperson are people that like jump off cliffs and, and do off, triple off, flips and yeah, right, skis and, and and out of airplanes and, and stuff yeah, right. and they you know they uh they get upside down in vehicles and that kind of stuff you know so well todd <laughs> how far are you gonna take it to become a a show and an individual that promotes Red Bull. Well, are you willing? I to just, I just gave him a free, I just gave him a, I just gave him a free endorsement right there. You know, I know that's true. That's true. So w when's the check coming? I think that never. At some point we will get paid for doing that. For doing a Red Bull commercial. I not uh, okay. We'll know, see. I think it'll get picked up in the transcripts, and Red Bull will be notified that. Todd Cochran on the new media show talked about Red Bull on mm -hmm. the podcast yep. for 23 seconds and he, he will get a check for, you know, five bucks for that. If I don't have to run the ad. Hell yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. If they are going to pay me from what I just talked about of free will, sign me up for that. James. <laughs> <laughs> You know, James's advertising rates, I just, I just checked, you know, you get a little steep there, James, on some of your advertising. I had placed a few ads today and I was like, what the, what is this? Well, uh, you know, I, you know, it's a, uh, it's a place to advertise that's in high demand, Todd, right? Well, we'll see how the click-throughs go. I will report back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about click throughs, Todd. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. It's about it's about ROI. <laughs> R R O I. That's wow. right. Yes. Yeah, there has it's to be It's not about uh it, it's not ROB, right? Um a return on branding. No, um, no. It, no. Is that what you're saying? I I have my own branding, you know, I don't need to do branding commercials. 
So I think to some degree that's kind of what you're doing there. Well, on the particular ads I'm running, no, something new. So there, there will be definitely a, an ROI hope applied. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how much of a reaction it gets. Yeah, I saw you run in some classified ads. Where at? In, in Pod News, right? Yeah, I've run in there. Yeah. Announce any, you know, as part of, you know, we got coverage for our blog posts and stuff, but you know, it's a few things to do reminders of what we're doing. So, so I'm just, Tata. I, Oh, go, go ahead. No, no. And I, I also did targeted ads during PodFest, and I did, you know, I've done targeted ads during ATD to, you know, the convention center on social and those have, uh, you know, varied, varied responses, varied right. results. Right. So I'm definitely seeing a growing interest in uh, Twitter spaces. I mm. don't know if you're getting pulled into mm. any sessions or have anything time. going on I don't over have, there. I don't have time. You don't have time, don't, huh? No, there's, there's not enough hours in the day to be on Twitter spaces, all this other stuff. I, I got to help podcasters grow. I don't have time to be over on Twitter spaces talking. Okay. It's yeah. true. You know, and from my, you know, if, if I was a content, you know, if I was a, my full, if my full-time job was content creation, sure, I'd probably be on Twitter spaces, but that's not, that's not my mind, my main priority. I, this show here is what is, we're talking about the space. I love doing the show. I do my tech show because I have a great sponsor, right? you know, and so that it's different perspectives. So, so is this show going to have a great sponsor at some point? You think? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Couple Maybe weeks, possibly. couple couple weeks might be able to test that out. Really? Yeah. Seeing this scene where this show's hosted, which we, you know, <laughs> and I control the switch. Where might that be, Todd? I don't know. <laughs> Hmm. 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 Are you pointing to where that is? <laughs> so okay. we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Not not that could be blueberry, could it? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> okay. Not that sure. we're not that we're turning on programmatic advertising in that very I have a feeling it might have something to do with that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but how I I've got a question for you on sure. that. Sure. That note. Um, so, how is that going to work with live video? That's it's not. That's what I want to know. It's not. Okay. No, it's only going to be on the, just uh, audio the so far. On, on demand audio side. Yeah, just the audio side. Okay. We'll see how bad we piss everybody off and see if, if we're going to get we're going to get the reports on how well it actually works. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, we should get a host read endorsement by uh, Red Bull. Yeah, I think I so. think we should. Right. That. You know, that is much, I believe me, I've been drinking Red Bull on my show for my tech show and this show for more than 10 years and we have gotten nary a dime. So I don't, I'm not holding my breath. I would build an attribution tool that would give you credit for talking about Red Bull in your podcast and then send Red Bull a invoice. Mm -hmm. See how that works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And to be honest with you, I've tried those other uh, drinks, and I don't like the taste of them. So oh, you don't? No. Okay. 
Actually, I think they have chemicals in them that you well, really this this does too. You don't, think, don't want to this, put this is body. not this. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people say, "Tell me, don't drink this either," but I like it. So yeah, right. <laughs> but I do limit myself to uh, four a week. Oh, okay. So where did you hear that number? Well, that's the number I that I, I only drink four Red Bulls a week. Okay. Yeah. Actually, most of the time, only three. Mm. <laughs> during during while you're podcasting, probably prior to shows, and it's not every show. It's like when I need an extra bump. You know, I work all day, and then I get ready to do the Geek Central show, and it's it's seven o'clock, and I'm like, oh. you know, we need a short pump me up, and then of course, you know, an hour and a half later, it's like it's time for bed. <laughs> yeah. So we could talk a little bit about upcoming events that might be interesting oh yeah so uh, we're both going to jersey trenton new jersey and, and what may i ask are you talking about i am going to i guess we're all keynoters so i guess I, so i am going to be talking about podcast statistics i'm going to be talking about my um my journey as a podcaster and how podcasters need to think about the space oh that's good that's a good one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i've got one of those in the can too but uh, i've got to yeah, make i'm sure i've got yeah. to make a new presentation <laughs> yeah i just did a bunch of presentations on podcast monetization so i have a bunch of those are, are already you know done and in the can but um so i'm have to make up a kind of a new one but i've i've done sessions like that before so it's not an unusual yeah. topic for me so uh, but 30 yeah. minutes is, uh, you got to talk fast. You do? Yeah, you're <laughs> going to have to talk fast because that 30 minutes goes quick. I think I have 45, actually. Oh. I think. Well, I was, I thought I, well, how'd you get more time? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel I th privileged now. I thought, yes. I thought mine was 30 minutes, so. Oh, uh, maybe it is. But this maybe. is. Maybe they want you to, Will wants you to get to the point. Uh, well, maybe. It's, <laughs> it's not going to be, it's not gonna be hard. It's not going to be hard. <laughs> yes, right. So, and then I'm, I'm going to stop at uh, Talkers Magazine conference too. And that's, that's on Long Island. So or, what is that? Talkers Magazine. Oh, it's a, it's a radio industry. Oh, okay. You speaking at that or are you just hanging out? I was going to stop through there on my way down to Trenton. Okay. And there's not a lot in Trenton. Matter of fact, the hotel where we're speaking at, the closest hotel I could find was like 15 miles away. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because well, I think we, I think I'm, I think I'm booked at that hotel already by the organizers. So, yeah. What? Yeah. In Trenton, you're booked? Somewhere. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly where it is yet. I, I haven't heard of nothing about accommodations. I should you have it? Okay. Oops. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> well, I'm going to send him an email now because. Oh boy. Well, it's okay. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. But I'm not flying in until the morning of. Oh, okay. And then I stay the night and fly back the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of doing that too. Yeah. I, I'm, and hopefully there's no flight delays because. You know, it's you roll your dice when you're flying the same day that you're speaking. You're like, please, especially everyone. trying to get out of. Oh, are you going to fly into Philadelphia? Yeah, I'm going into Philly. Yeah. 
Okay. So Detroit to Philly. That would be a better airport to try and get out of, I think, than LaGuardia or someplace like that. I I don't know. Recently, my uh, uh, flight out of Orlando turned into a day of hell. So... Really? Oh yeah, sitting there, sit on the, you know, had an hour and fifteen minute connection and uh, set in Orlando an additional two hours because of something mechanical. Mm. And of course, I missed my connection. And they said, "Oh, the earliest we can get you into Detroit is about nine o'clock tonight." And this was at you know Chicago ten a.m. in the morning. And I'm like, "Wow!" Well, I'm like, "Okay, I'll go on standby for the four other flights that are going." And of course, it's Memorial Day, and everyone's trying to get home. Yep. So fortunately, somebody missed their flight, <laughs> and I got their seat, and I got oh, out. okay, <laughs> and I got out about two o'clock. So uh, instead of getting home at about one, I got home about well, I got the airport about five thirty or something like that. So, so have you booked your your travel plans to to Dallas yet? No, I haven't booked my, we got our hotel reservations. And by the way, if you haven't got your hotel reservations, Rob, I hear you better get them. Okay. Yeah. I got to do that. I did get my notification today that I am speaking at podcast movement. My session was approved. Mm, Good. So good. And I've been talking to Dan about doing a live on stage of the new media show there too. All right. Awesome. But after that, then I go out in August to uh, an event in Vegas that um, is being put on by a friend of mine that is, uh, um, they run the national day calendar mm. and uh, they're having a, a big event about growing your business socially and that kind of stuff. So I'm going out there mm-hmm. running a whole bunch of podcast stuff that week. Okay. And then there's in August, August 21st through the 28th, I think, is the window that you can get a room there. I'm, I'm not sure that's the date range for the event. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the date? It's the 23rd through the 26th. Well, actually, maybe my thing in Vegas is in September. I, I don't know. I have to look at the dates. Yeah. But the event is the 23rd through the 26th in Dallas. And... And we'll have to have Dan on to talk about it. And I think I might invite the organizer for the podcast show to maybe join us at some point, too. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. (laughs) He can hear about how his sales team didn't get back with me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I think we came up with the explanation for that. Yeah. Yeah. So it shouldn't be a big, big discussion point. Right. But, um, but yeah, so that's coming up here pretty, well, was it two months? Yeah. June, July, three months. So, yeah. Well, I think we've run out of stuff to talk about. We have? Believe it or not. Yeah. Sounds like we're stretching. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you, I mean, I could talk, hmm. I don't know. I think we have covered everything. Yeah. Actually, the top topics anyway. And it's it's really that oh. time. We, go ahead. Oh, did 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 we want to mention that new device? Oh, well, yeah. We we can talk about that for sure. No uh, mono? No, no mono? Yeah. No. So hang on. Yeah. Let me get, bring 
And why don't you talk about this thing that you found? Well, it's a new kind of um, more advanced kind of recording tool that um, I was demoed at the podcast show in London. And it's made by a a new company out of uh, Norway. And it's called No Mono, which is spelled N-O-M-O-N-O dot co dot C-O, if you wanted to go check it out. And that's N-O-M-O-N-O, I know that's confusing, Mm -hmm. dot co. Um, And it's basically a self-contained recording kit that comes with um, four little square lavalier type wireless microphones that Mm -hmm. you clip to individuals. Mm -hmm. And the, it comes with this recording base that has a fairly significant battery in it. And it has software loaded that basically allows, um, the audio that's coming from these separate little wireless, um, lavalier type clip-ons to transmit audio to this base station. Um, and it will kind of consolidate the audio into one, file or separate files, but the actual base station has, uh, microphones built into it as well. That picks up ambient sound, um, all the way around at 360 degrees around it. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that then filters that ambient sound out of the recording, um, as best as possible. I gave them a little bit of feedback because they demoed it for me and it, it looked like it still picked up some echo, um, in the background, but I guess they're working on um, some software that will eliminate any kind of echo in the room that they're in. But it definitely filters out any kind of extraneous background um, sounds. And so you could basically use this as a recording tool for panel sessions at conferences. You could use it for group uh, recording things. Like, like I told them at the event, um, this probably wasn't a, a tool that there was much of a market for over the last couple of years because people weren't recording in person. Um, people were using like Riverside or Zoom or whatever to to do their 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 recordings. Um, but more and more as we come back, hopefully we come keep coming back. Um, we will do more in person recordings, and it's just the the problem with this is a brand new product. Um, and it's extremely expensive right now. Uh, it's got a lot of tech built into it, but it has a lot of implications when you really look at it. If we couldn't have this kind of capability in, in replacement of like a home studio, if it has such advanced software that can make your audio sound perfect, no matter where you are, this is kind of a cool tool. And they did talk about having maybe a version of this that maybe had one or two lavaliers that was a part of it. So it wouldn't have to have four. Yeah. Cause I think that there, there's a limited use case for needing four microphones. They, they use a fancy thing. word, ambisonic microphone. And I just looked it up and there is ambisonic microphones from zoom, Sennheiser, a number of companies that have an ambisonic microphone. Mm-hmm. But Rob, why don't you shock everyone and tell how much this thing's going to cost? Well, the first um, device that they're launching with, um, and it's it's not going to come out, I don't think, until the fall or something like that. It's or 
I'm trying to remember what they said when it was going to be available, but it, its initial price is going to be about twenty nine hundred dollars. Twenty nine ninety nine or twenty nine hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah, like twenty nine ninety nine, kind of a price. So three thousand dollars for for this thing. So, but you know, I mean, I think you have to look at it as this is like a first gen type of. So, Rob, I hope you get a review device. unit to keep, and then we I, can we can use it at at at, devi- at events. I do, I do too. I think that'd be a great use for it. A live on stage events. I did talk to him about this having the ability to plug into a, to let's say a, a speaker system, or uh, and have an audio out jack so you could stream could stream it right, or, or or if it even has that built in. And what did he say to that? They said they were they they would take that back to the to product product development. And, um, because in, in all yeah. honesty, I'm looking at this and it better deliver because you could take four labs right. and, and at a much cheaper price Oh yeah, and route, much. and route those into something. There's a lots well, of like a, zoom, like a zoom recorder device. It's, yeah. And then, and the zoom recorder device would have the ability to do an audio out that right. allows you to, so it better have significantly superior audio. Now the, the, the thing I, the thing I found fascinating is they're uploading to the cloud. So you have to have a wireless connection. Mm-hmm. So what if you don't have a wireless connection? Is it record on the device and then upload later? Or, I would think it does, yeah. Yeah. So I saw the four channels recording separately in one of the images. Mm-hmm. So from that in, from that point, it looks interesting. Um, I guess we'll see. Um, but it's essentially what it is. It's a four-lav into a recording device is what it is. Yeah, and I think they're... Their real kind of claim to fame here, to some degree, is the is the audio processing ability yeah. of the of the device to basically enable this to be used in pretty much any environment. You know, the concern I yeah. had and the the problem I have is I, I you know we were running into all kinds of technical issues at the last event. Oh yeah. So you know, I I have enough labs here to probably lab up three or four people. And I've got the ability to potentially put those into a Zoom or some sort of recorder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm considering revitalizing that package and maybe I can carry it in a briefcase and it won't, you know, weigh 50 pounds. But, um, yeah, at 2,900 bucks, it better, it better have an audio out. Um, it can't just yeah. be a recorder. I can right. I can build this. It has to be superior audio. Yeah, it does. Has to be really, right. really good. I mean, like wow me, wow, wow, wow me, good. Yeah, and I agree. Did it wow, wow, wow you good? Yeah, I mean it was good. I I I did hear a little bit of echo in the recording that I w- was hearing. So they used it in like a like a conference room mm-hmm. kind of environment. So I think they. They still have a little bit of work to do to clean up any kind of echo, but 
Echo has always been a difficult um, filter. Um, but it shouldn't be Echo if you're. Yeah, but the mic is quite a ways away from your your mouth. If it's kind of like a regular lavalier, I mean, because technically you should be in a sound buffered room if you're using a lavalier. No, you, in a lava, you can use a lavalier. Uh, we we were on. I've been on lavs at many or events. Or if it's a condenser, Todd. If it's a condenser, it's going to pick up everything. Well, so. most lavs are not condensers. Most lavs are dynamic. So. Uh-huh. I don't know. I think some of them are condensers. Yeah, all that I run are dynamic. It's to run a condenser is dangerous. Yeah, because I have a condenser lav right, right, right here that I got from Audio Technica, and it that's that's a big reason why I don't use it is that it picks up room echo. Yeah, so this is something I have sitting here on the desk that I use. That is. Oh well, that's 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 that that's not a lav. But but this. I have, a, I know, but yeah, that's a cheek mic. It's a yeah. cheek mic, but it's the same concept. Oh, it is. Yeah. But it's a lot closer to your mouth. So oh, that's, you know, lobs are yeah. a good lob and I'm not talking about cheap lobs, but a good lob will, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've used lobs for years, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with this, but 2,900 bucks. They're not going to sell this to podcasters. Right. No, it's definitely a more of a corporate thing. For sure. And there's lots, and corporates have lots of other options. I, 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 yeah, they should have, they should have been asking a lot of questions here, um, from podcasters before they, they brought this to market. So, mm-hmm. well, the least of all is coming up with a unit that's maybe two, two, two recording mics yeah. in a little smaller unit. I so, it would be. Be a good next step for them. So, by the way, breaking news: Johnny Depp got fifteen million, and Amber got two million. So, all this theatrics for probably no one's going to pay anybody anything over the end. But hmm. so <laughs> that just based on the dollar amount, uh, Amber lost her her case. Well, she got two million, so she didn't lose everything, but she did have a. What do you call it? A countersuit. So she, they found damages against him as well. So, so they, they probably covered her lawyer bills is probably what they did. He, he, well, I, I don't think it covered the lawyer bills, <laughs> not in a case like this. Oh, oh, you think it was a lot more oh, than two, you, two you, million? Your month and you have high fluting lawyers and all the prep. Oh, her lawyer bill was, yeah. <laughs> Her lawyer, yeah, she's going to use every penny of that two million to pay her lawyers, and so was he. Well, well, and and fifteen million, she's not rolling in money like he is. So, no, right. Yeah, he probably won't get it. I don't know how much money she's got, but yeah, okay. So, yeah. so Amber lost the defamation case, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I think both got money means. They both won in a certain level. <laughs> yeah, I'm, to some degree, yeah. right? And I haven't, you know, I haven't followed the tabloids on this. So <laughs> it's everywhere, Todd. That's uh, the thing. I, I know. I've been trying to stay yeah. away from it. You've been staying away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been traveling all through Europe, and I, 
it's been right in front of me the oh, whole that's time. Funny. Right. Yeah. So, but okay. anyway, I think we can wrap it up. Yep. So I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter as well at Rob Greenlee. And uh, I do have a website, robgreenlee.com. And you can send me an email if you want, uh, robg at lipson.com. Happy to hear from you and have anything for us. If you want to be a guest or if you think you have a, a topic that is relevant to our audience and impactful, we'd love to, to hear from you. Um, but most of all, if you have any little you know, new insider news, we'd love to get it. Right, Todd? Yeah, that's right. And I'll be honest with you, Rob, I am uh, thoroughly exhausted. I'm going to take a couple of days off and, uh, and actually try to not check email. I don't know if it's going to be possible, but going to try to not check email. Oh, through the end of the week, through uh, the rest of the week. Yep. And, uh, uh, maybe even Monday. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, just, uh, after being, yeah, yeah I've had it, been in the ring of her pretty hard. I, so is you. So it's sometimes you just need to recharge the battery. Yeah. It was, um, a little over two weeks of being on the road. Right? Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, come back, hopefully refreshed and recharged and, uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. But all right, everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for following or subscribing. If you aren't, go over to newmeshow.com. Please do so. And uh, we'll be back next week with a guest. So expect potentially two episodes to drop um, fairly close to one another. And mm-hmm. uh, probably do the, inter- do the uh, podcast today. And then probably a drop on Monday. Probably drop this episode. Yeah, I give it two or three days in between. But and then uh, I think on the as we look out a little bit, it I think uh the eleventh. Oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah, are you gonna be available on the fifteenth, the eighth and the fifteenth for yeah, I'm pretty shows? sure okay. I'm yep, I don't think I'm going anywhere. Okay. So So we'll need to drop that other in between uh, somewhere too. That that other NAB episode too. Yeah. Right. So, so you guys will get plenty of content and be sick and hear, sick and tired of hearing us. So. Right. <laughs> so you never got, got a email about the, the video from never. NAB. No crickets. So I'll have to follow up with them. Okay. So see if Okey we can doke. get that. Okay. See you later, everybody. All right. Bye everybody. Yeah, bye.